How many of you have ever heard the term, got your six? Anybody in here? Got your six is a phrase that came from the military, and what it simply means is this, I got your back. I want to ask you a question this morning. Who's got your six? In your life, who has your back? I'm talking about those people in your life that have skin in the game. These are the people that haven't just told you they're there for you, but over and over and over again, continually through your life, they have showed up. Who's got your six? You know, you've heard the saying, talk is cheap, right? We've all heard that before. Talk is cheap. We don't care what you say. What we care about is what you do, right? How do you prove what your talk saying that you're going to do? Well, you live it out. And that's the message that Jesus has for us today. He's telling his disciples and he's telling all of us, he's saying this, talk is cheap. What I really want to know is this. What are you going to do? How are you going to live? See, sometimes in our lives, we get blinded by words that people use, and those words blind us to their actions. And Jesus tells us in this part of his message, in Matthew chapter 10, he says this, I'm not interested in what you say. I'm interested in what you do. How many of you remember in Matthew chapter 21, Jesus walks, when he comes into Jerusalem, he came in riding on a donkey, and he goes to the temple, and while he's at the temple, he teaches a lesson. Remember what the lesson was? He teaches about the father with the two sons. This is what he says. He said, there's a father who had two sons. The father was the owner of a vineyard. The father said to one of his sons, I want you to go out in the vineyard today and I want you to work. His son said, yes, he would, but he didn't go. Then he went to a second son. He goes, son, I want you to go out in the vineyard and work. And the son said, no, I'm not going to go. But later he went and he worked. And so Jesus is teaching the crowd, but he's focusing on the religious leaders. And this is what he says to them. He says, so who did the father's will? And the Pharisees said, Well, the second son. And then Jesus said this. I want you to look around you and see all of the prostitutes and the tax collectors. And I want you to hear this from me. They will inherit the kingdom of heaven before you will. Now, this would have really ticked them off. But what happens is Jesus then says, I sent you, John the Baptist, to tell you the way to heaven, and you didn't believe him. And you know what the result of that will be. So today, Jesus comes to us and he says, listen to me. In this post-Christian world that we're living in right now, I need to know where your heart is. Stand with me with respect, out of respect for God's word. As I read from Matthew chapter 10, I'm going to read verses 32 through 39. Here we go. This is Jesus talking. 
Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. Last verse. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I want my life to scream to the entire world, I belong to Jesus. And it's in that name that I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so quick question for you, right? If you are listening to the words that I just read from Jesus, there was a phrase in there that probably grabbed you or maybe that you might have a question about. It did me all week. And the question was this. Did I not hear it right that the Bible said Jesus comes carrying a sword? Did you hear that? That's what I heard. I heard Jesus comes carrying a sword. Now, my question for you is this is, why in the world would Jesus carry a sword? And the answer is quite simple. He carries a sword because he can then divide humanity. I'm going to say that again. Jesus carries a sword so he can divide humanity. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're probably taking a double take, and you're thinking, why in the world would Jesus want to divide humanity? And here's the answer to that question. Jesus just wants to know who's on his team. Jesus wants to know who's on his team. Now, listen carefully. And just because you're wearing the jersey doesn't cut it. In other words, Jesus says, I'm going to find out who's on my team and who's not. And just because you go to church, doesn't cut it. I'm going to find out who's on my team and who's not. And just because you own a Bible, that doesn't cut it. And so Jesus asks a question. And this is a question that all of us have to answer. And here's the question. How far are you willing to walk with me? That's the question that Jesus asks us. That's the question that he proposes to his disciples. How far are you willing to go with me? So in our lesson today, Jesus gives us three things that he wants us to think about. Three things that we need to know. And the first one is this. It starts with a confession, okay? Here's the Bible verse that goes with it. Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, 
I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But everyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. What's Jesus saying here? (laughs) It's real simple. Jesus is telling us, ladies and gentlemen, take this literally. You will either confess me or you will deny me. There's no in-between. There's going to come a time in your life when you're going to have to stand up for Jesus. What are you going to do when that time comes? Here's the deal. For some of you, it may be behind closed doors and nobody knows it. And for others of you, it may be on public display where everyone in the community is going to see what you're doing. But Jesus tells us loud and clear, you're either going to confess me or you're going to deny me. And then Jesus says, And if you deny me, I'll deny you before my heavenly Father. But if you confess me, I will confess you before my heavenly Father. So what's it going to be? Well, let's take a look at what that might look like, okay? There's a pastor by the name of Isaac Cannon, okay? And he's a pastor in Iraq, True story, 2014. Four children under the age of 15 were abducted by ISIS terrorists. It happened in northern Iraq. They brought the four children, all under the age of 15, out in front of the people, and they demanded that each of those children say the words of conversion to Islam. And if they didn't, they would kill them. And I'm not even going to tell you how they were told they were going to kill them. Let's see what happens. Reverend Canon Andrew White, head of the only Anglican church in Iraq, described in 2014 interview some of the atrocities committed against Iraqi Christians by the Islamic State, including the killing of children. The children, all under 15, four of them, he recounted, they said, no, we love Yeshua. We have always loved Yeshua. We have always followed Yeshua. Yeshua has always been with us. They said, say the words. They said, no, we can't. You know what happened to them? All four of them were killed. There will be a day in your life where you will have to confess Jesus or you will deny him. Now, I understand, and in our world today in the United States, that's pretty rare, right? But it is happening in our world. So that's one extreme. Well, let's go to the other extreme. Let me ask you a question. What is it that you have that shows the rest of the world that you belong to Jesus? Can you think of anything? What is it that tells your friends, your neighbors, your, co- your co-workers that you belong to Jesus? So everybody knows here that I work out at one of the local Genesis clubs right here, okay? And I want to show you something that I've been doing quite a bit lately, okay? This is one of my favorite shirts, okay? 
It was given to me by my son. Let me read you what it says. Lawrence, Kansas, where Jesus would have played basketball. Okay? All right, now, I want you just to look at this shirt, okay? What word sticks out? The word Jesus, doesn't it? It's not just God, it's Jesus. And the Bible tells us this is the name that at one point in time, every knee will bow. When I wear this shirt, and I wear it as often as I can, everybody reads what I'm wearing. And you know what happens? Some people will say, hey, like your T-shirt. Others will say, hey, you know what? I'm a follower of him too. But you know what also I see happen? People turn and run. Why? Because that name Jesus divides humanity. And when they see that name Jesus, you know what? They have to account for it in their own life. But there's a responsibility that comes with wearing this T-shirt. Would you agree? Okay, he's a Christian. Now everybody knows me as Pastor Bob. They know who I am, so they expect me to wear this. But you know what? It's just not the fact that I wear the T-shirt that tells them I belong to Jesus. It's my actions that tell them I belong to Jesus. And so I just want to ask you today, what is it that you have that tells the rest of the world that you belong to Jesus? I want to share with you a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a theologian, a German theologian, and look what he says. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. By our doing nothing, we speak loudly. And so I'm going to challenge you today, tomorrow, confess to the world that you belong to Jesus. Maybe it just starts by getting one of these shirts, 316. I guarantee you people ask, so what does that t-shirt mean, 316? What do you need to tell them? It, respond, it means John 316. Our pastor has challenged us at the church to every time to set our alarms on our clock for 316 p.m. Remember, not a.m., p.m., okay? And when that alarm goes off, we go to praying. What a great way to tell somebody you belong to Jesus. So Jesus starts out and he tells them the very first thing that has to happen is there's good confession. Here's the second thing that happens. A confession leads to division. Look at what the scriptures say here. Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. So here's what I want to share this with you, okay? If you're looking for a non-controversial Jesus, don't look for him in here because you won't find him. Jesus is the great divider of humanity. Somebody said to me about a week ago, they said, man, Pastor Bob, this sermon is an in-your-face kind of series. And I go, yeah, it is. But you know why, don't you? Because we're living in these times right now. It needs to be in your face. 
And here's what I just want to remind you. This is not a time for lazy boy Christians. Somebody asked me, how would you describe this time? Here's how I would describe it. All hands on deck. Man your battle stations. We are on the verge of war. I want to share with you a phrase that God has given to me, and I want you to, I hope you write this down. And here's what that phrase is. Well-behaved Christians rarely change the world. I'm going to say that again. Well-behaved Christians rarely change the world. Let me explain to you what I mean by that, okay? It's happening right now. I want to introduce you to a teacher by the name of Tanner Cross. Tanner is a teacher in the Virginia school system. Right now, he's on mandatory administrative leave. You know why? He's being disciplined. You see, in his school system, they came up with the critical race theory and also the whole thing of boys can be girls and girls can be boys. And you know what he did? He realized this is my time to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at what he did. This is what he said to the school board. It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn school policies that would damage children and defile the holy image of God. I love all my students, but I will never lie to them, regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa, because it is against my religion. As soon as that came out, they suspended him. My friends, I just want you to hear this from your pastor who believes that God's word is exactly what it says it is. If this critical race theory comes to our school systems, or if they begin talking more about the gender issues between boys being girls and girls being four, I want you to know I will go and I will stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ against our school boards. Okay? Now, that's why we're doing what we're doing today on Cairo Sunday with our kids. I'm tired of our kids being lied to. They need to know the truth. Now, I want you to understand how close this is within us. Do you remember a few weeks ago when we talked about one of the things that we need to do is we got to quit whining and complaining, and we got to get involved in the things. We need school board members. We need people to run for office. Remember I talked about that? You know what? There was someone in this church who felt the call of God, and right now they're running for a school board office. We need to pray for this man. But not only did that happen, just after this last service, I had a grandma come up to me. And she said, my little granddaughter all of a sudden decided she wants to be a boy. You know what she told me? She said, I am tired of being silent. 
I am going to go and start speaking God's word into her and into her parents' life, and I'm getting to my knees. Pastor, will you join me? You better believe I will. This is our world that we're living in right now, and Jesus is telling us, will you confess me before men, or will you deny me before men? Well, I like to say that's the latest one. You know what? You can watch it on the news and you can find out what happens because it's still hanging in the air. But it's not just our teachers that are doing it. You know what? It's our kids too. I want to introduce you to a young lady. Her name is Elizabeth Turner. She's from Michigan. She was a valedictorian. As valedictorian, you know what happened? Her principal came to her and said, you cannot say anything about your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what he told her. Now, first of all, my hat's off to her because just the fact that her principal knew that she's a follower of Jesus Christ, that's awesome. But he told her that she couldn't speak. All right, now, remember we talked about how societies change, and one of the things that they do is they want to silence us, right? And that's exactly what this prince was trying to silence this young girl. Well, she gave her speech anyways. Let's see what happened. For me, my future hope is found in my relationship with Christ by trusting in him and choosing to live a life dedicated to bringing his kingdom glory. I can be confident that I am living a life with purpose and meaning, Turner wrote. My identity is found by what God says and who I want to become as laid out in the scripture. Whether we want to admit it or not, not one of us can be certain of how our lives will unfold, but we do know the trials will come. You know what I say to her? You go, girl. Good job. That's what Jesus is talking about. I'm not talking about going out and breaking the law or anything like that. I'm not saying anything like that. What I am saying is this, is that we do have to stand up for what we believe in. And I want you to know that I believe that our time as a church is coming. There are so many ways that we can let the world and our community know that we belong to Jesus. And I really believe that if our world just sees us practicing what we say we believe, I think they would be okay with that. Here's the next one. Division leads to a decision. You gotta make a decision. Here it is. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. So here's what we need to know. Jesus tells us three things in this. First thing is Jesus has to come first. Can I ask you a silly question? Do you love your family? Do you love your family? Of course you do, right? That's why Jesus brings it up. Your family is the greatest possession that you have on the face of this earth. Jesus is not saying love your family any less. Here's what he's telling you to do. Just love him more. That's it. Just love him more. Here's the second thing that we learn from this. We must love Jesus more than self. Now remember what Jesus said in the word was, he said, you gotta pick up your cross daily and you have to follow me. So here's what it means. It just means that he comes before me. When Jesus tells us to literally pick up our cross, what he's telling us is this, I need you to give your life 
for mine. Now, I wanna, I wanna make sure that we're crystal clear on this. Jesus may ask you to put your life on the line. That may happen, that's very rare. But here's something that I do want you to know what I really believe that's more important. I think one of the things that Jesus is talking about here is the thousands of tiny decisions we make each and every day. When you're tempted, guess what? You have a choice. And all Jesus is telling us is here is this, the cross always chooses Jesus. Here's the third thing. We must love Jesus more than life. Jesus makes it pretty clear that if you build your life apart from him, you will spend eternity apart from him, right? But if you build your life in him, you will spend eternity with him. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say this one more time. This is not our home. So to try, quit trying to make life here on earth comfortable. This is not your home. Our home is with Jesus. And what Jesus has asked us to do is this. I want you first to believe, and then I want you to share it with your family, and then I want you to share it with those who are closest to you, and then I want you to go out into the community, and here's what he's saying. He's saying, I want you to believe, and then I want you to bring as many people as you can with you. You guys, our life is the test. The way we live our life is the test of where we'll spend eternity. But the good thing about this test, and this is what I want to close with, is this. Not only do we get the questions beforehand, we also get the answer. So here's the lesson that Jesus gives us in the scriptures. Here's the lesson. Jesus told her, here it is, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. That's the lesson that Jesus teaches. And then he adds something to it. It's four simple words. Do you believe this? And that's the question that he asks all of us. Do you believe this? Well, just to make sure we have the right answer, he gives us the right answer, and here's the answer. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Our lives on this earth are the test of what we believe. And Jesus tells us, your words are great, but I'm more interested in your heart because out of your heart comes your actions, and that's how I know who you are. I believe with all of my heart that God is asking us as a church, as a body of believers, to begin to move out into the community and live out what we say we believe. And there will come a time, for some of us it may be difficult, where we're gonna have to confess, yes, I believe that Jesus is exactly who he says he is. But remember, Jesus tells you when that time comes, not only will I be with you, but I'll give you the words to say. Pray for our leaders in our community. Pray for those who are on the front line, day in and day out. Pray that God would protect them and watch over them. And when he asks for them to stand up against evil, that they will know exactly what they're supposed to do.